What are you good at? What are you most skilled at doing? What is your area of expertise? If you're asked to speak on a panel, which topic should you be asked to share on? Whose company should you be in? What should people know you as an expert in? Why should people come to you? What areas should people come to you to discuss? What is your strength? What are you really, really good at? What are you the very best at? Feeling uncomfortable with these questions? You're not alone. If you experience imposter syndrome or any of the characteristics that define imposter syndrome, you may feel uncomfortable with one or more than one of the questions I asked earlier. In episode 41, I clarified what imposter syndrome is and shared a story that highlights how it's experienced. In the previous episode, I further shared three characteristics that can help us to identify when imposter syndrome is creeping into our lives so that we can address it before it spreads. In this episode, I'm going to share what it sounds like when it shows up at work and in our relationships. Welcome to Upskill Talks, brought to you by McGraw-Hill. I'm your host, Michelle Shaw, lead upskiller at Upskill Community. Upskill Talks is a podcast for leaders. Leaders who are actively seeking innovative and creative ways to interact, lead themselves and others. In every episode, through real-life stories and enlightening conversations, we will explore the challenges and opportunities real leaders face in today's ever-changing workplace. We will present you with real strategies for you to leverage your soft skills and produce transformative results. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Let us begin. In my research on imposter syndrome, I found a joke that made me really laugh. I'll share it with you. It says a company was looking for a keynote speaker for their first ever imposter syndrome conference. And it was a nightmare finding a speaker. Every speaker they reached out to said they didn't deserve to be there. Now, isn't that the classic imposter syndrome? This really highlights how imposter syndrome doesn't just affect the individual, but harms us all because we are not able to have access to the skills and abilities of these high achievers because they don't believe they actually have the skills that we detect, that we experience. And so we need to invest in identifying imposter syndrome wherever it shows up, and we need to be willing to do the work to minimize it, in fact, to eradicate it where possible. But first... Let's figure out how we identify it in order that we can work on addressing it. Here are two important characteristics that will help you identify imposter syndrome wherever it shows up in your life. Number one, discounting praise. You've done a great job. Someone provides you a compliment, recognizes you for it, showcases you for it, finds some way to reward you for it, and you cannot accept this recognition. 
here is what that may sound like. Come on, you're exaggerating. You give me too much credit. Anyone could do this. I didn't do anything so special. I'm just the little guy. Come on, come on. When you hear that, you are hearing a classic imposter syndrome script. The goal of identifying these characteristics is so that we can move ourselves forward. So it's not for you to take a hard, cold look at this and go, well, sometimes I do it and sometimes I don't. It's to recognize that there are times that I'm uncomfortable accepting recognition, accepting praise, accepting compliments. It does happen to me sometimes. And that puts you in enormous company. Most of us have that feeling sometimes. Once you identify that you do do it sometimes, can you identify the cases in which you do it? In what situations are you likely to deny, to reject, to feel uncomfortable with the recognition? This is going to give you a clue to where the imposture has placed itself into your life. And then you can begin to peel apart and learn a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper to better understand how does it come to be that the imposter is in this place? Why am I experiencing these feelings in this place? Because I'm not experiencing them necessarily here or there or so. Could it be that you are experiencing the imposture at work, but not at home, not in your social life, not out in your community activities? Could it be that you are not seeing this at work, but in your role as a parent, you're experiencing it? Discounting praise is a very popular characteristic of imposter syndrome, almost one of the baselines, very easy to spot. And so we are able to pick this one up very readily if it exists in our lives and the extent to which it exists in our lives, because there are levels to how we experience this. The second one is denying your competence. And certainly very related to discounting the praise is denying your competence. Someone calls in on you, as in the case of Paul in episode 41, where he was asked to mentor and share strategies for presentations since he was a master at giving presentations. So first, Paul is rejecting the praise. He's not accepting the compliments because he does not actually believe his presentations are as good as others are telling him. Secondly, he certainly doesn't believe he's as competent as they are letting on because he doesn't believe he has those skills to be able to share. He believes it's happening by luck. And so he doesn't have anything tangible to share. And so first, he's discounting the praise and coming down one more level, he's denying his competence completely. Now, let's take a look at ourselves. Let's hold up our mirror. And the question is not, do you deny your competence? The question is, in what areas do you deny your competence? Think about that area. It doesn't mean you do it all the time. In what situations do you deny it? Under what conditions do you deny it? What is that sphere that you find yourself denying your competence in? For me, it's in the kitchen. It's cooking. I'm not going to admit that I can do anything worthwhile in the kitchen. That's where the imposter shows up for me. I will quickly hand over the kitchen to anyone who says I can cook without 
any regard for my competence in the kitchen. Where does that show up for you? Is that showing up at work? Is that showing up when it's time to give a presentation? Is it showing up when it's time to lead a project? Is it showing up when it's time to showcase any important skill that you have to mentor or to be mentored? When is it showing up for you? Is it showing up when it's time to take a risk, to start a business, to share a thought? Does it show up when it's time to share your thoughts on social media that you're thinking, I don't have enough expertise and skill like these other people on here for me to be sharing my thoughts? Like who would want to hear my thoughts? If you're feeling that way, the imposture is in the place. We've got to find it and get it out of here. So you want to identify this whether it's happening at home in the kitchen like me, or it's happening at work or social media or in your community, it's very important for us to identify that this is happening. That's the starting point. Even if you do nothing further, if all you achieve after listening to this is identifying that this is an area for me where the imposter shows up, I'm going to go forward and think about how it comes to be. If that's all you achieve, you're moving forward. When the imposter shows up in the area of your competence and someone regards you highly, you may begin to say things like, anyone could do this. I got lucky. It's just grace. It's just because something outside of your control happened and you got a break. Something happened. Something made this happen for you. You never give yourself credit for the effort, the energy, the investment that you make in your work, in your project, or whatever it is that you're doing. Yet, I am willing to bet you are very likely the first person to congratulate someone, to recognize their efforts, to reward them, to support them, to celebrate them, to recognize someone for their work, their contributions. Why aren't you being gracious to yourself? Why aren't you being kind to yourself? Why can't you turn around and give that person in the mirror the recognition, the acknowledgement, the credit that you deserve? And that's what I want you to start practicing. Once a day, think about one thing that you deserve credit for, for your full day of effort, for waking up, for going through the day, for delivering on commitments, for supporting others, what's one thing that you can give yourself credit for at the end of a day? When you begin to recognize your own value added, your own contributions, your own credit worthiness, your own competence, you begin to acknowledge it to yourself it will be easier for you to acknowledge it and accept it coming from others. And you will starve off the imposter syndrome. Squeeze it out. Suck the air out of it by giving yourself credit, the credit you deserve for what you get up and go to. Starve out that imposter. Don't let the imposter take away the credit for the efforts the work, your ideas, your contribution. That belongs to you. Own it. It's for you and only you should enjoy the feeling of gratitude, of accomplishment, of pleasure that comes from it. The pleasure, the joy, the happiness is yours. 
starve off the imposture. Thank you for listening to this episode of Upskill Talks, brought to you by McGraw-Hill. We bring you new episodes every Monday. Please take a moment to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and a written review at Apple Podcast. Or follow us on Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to share Upskill Talks with other leaders like yourself so they too may gain the skills and insights to produce amazing results. Please go to upskillcommunity.com to review show notes and learn how you can join a community of leaders from across the globe collaborating to lead in a more meaningful and impactful way. I'm your host, Michelle Shaw. And again, thank you for joining me on this episode of Upskill Talks.